How's it going, everybody? This is the Headliners. We are back, uh, kind of at the tail end, we hope, of a pandemic, but you never know what's going on. So as you can tell, uh, I'm Jared Huff here with uh, my friend James Krause, and we are socially distancing for the first time on the podcast. Uh, we haven't done this probably since February. And Can't yet we- this is this is probably the close, we're the closest out of anyone on staff because we live in the same uh, complex. We're, we're probably also the only people left in DeKalb uh, yes. in terms of people that are on staff. Uh, we're both right outside a stadium, uh, the Husky Stadium here. So we're still somewhat tapped into to what's going on in DeKalb, but uh, my hair has gone a lot longer. I've done a lot less. I've gone a lot more into things that I didn't have time for when I normally have school or maybe a summer job, but uh, that's been summer so far. Yeah, my uh, mine's been a little crazy. Uh, I've been doing uh, the last four months without a vehicle because when I went to cover the MAC championship game for basketball, uh, my car broke down in Cleveland and then they canceled <laughs> the tournament due to COVID because that was right after Rudy Gobert. So lost a car, but uh, made it back. Hair's been really long, too. You can't see it because I'm covering it with the hat. And uh, beard was a lot longer, but I shaved off the quarantine beard when uh, Illinois opened back up. So, yeah. But if you couldn't tell by the background today, this episode is uh, its going to be a NASCAR-based episode. Uh, with everything going on in America right now, especially with all the racial tension and uh, the issues uh, facing equality in our country and the press for change after uh, George Floyd's killing, Bubba Wallace, uh, the only African-American driver in NASCAR and the first one to make the Cup Series in like over 40 years since Wendell Scott retired in the 70s, um, has been speaking out as of late. Um, and he's really been the only voice for this change uh, because no one before him, obviously, they're really not going to risk their platform because, I mean, there have been no black drivers in NASCAR for decades. Yeah, yeah. Uh... It's one of the things, and we'll get into some of the ridiculous stuff uh, that has been basically a roller coaster ride for NASCAR. Uh, I wrote a little bit about it in a column. I know me and Jared, we talked about it uh, previously. Both of us, before we came, became huge into, uh, you know, the stick and ball sports, we were big into NASCAR. Uh, and it was kind of an on and off thing, at least for me. Uh, but now because of quarantine and it really being the only sport uh, out there outside of the UFC and, and some others that are coming back, it's gotten to take more of the sports spotlight. And thus it's been in the position it's in where Bubba Wallace, who I think the last driver who was black who raced any race in the Cup Series was Bill Lester back in 2006. And then before him, it was another like 15 to 20 years. Um, he's been someone who, uh, with protests going on around the country, uh, Black Lives Matter protests, unrest around the country related to the, uh, deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, among many others. Uh, he has, I don't want to say solely changed NASCAR because he stepped up and said something and a lot of people have followed suit. 
Yeah, I've been uh, I've been pretty impressed with uh, NASCAR as an organization and the drivers themselves on how they've, it seems like uniformly have just backed him. Like you don't really hear any divide except for uh, some random like Craftsman Truck Series driver was he in the Xfinity? I don't even know. Ray, uh, I can't even remember his last name. I uh, It was the first <laughs> time I had heard of him and he was yeah, like, I'm out of here. And I was like, okay, well, bye. Um, what I thought... What I thought was funny about that situation is like, no, nah, I'm not out of here now. I'm out of here. At the end of the, the end of the season. At like, the end of the season. Way to I'll stick give them a guns. year to think about it. <laughs> but um, it is like people who are not super familiar with NASCAR um, maybe don't understand how big of a deal it is for them to come out and say, we are banning the Confederate flag. Uh, from being displayed at our events. Uh, we are in support of the Black Lives Matter movement uh, and we want to be inclusive because just doing like a brief little pe- bit of history here, most of the sport has uh, been based out of the Southeast or the original Confederacy. Um, most of it has been uh, led by the France family who has uh, even as recently as 2016, uh, been affiliated deeply into conservative politics. I think the, the founder of NASCAR, Bill France Sr., I mentioned in uh, my column, helped on the presidential campaign for George Wallace, who, mm-hmm. who George Wallace, who was the famous, uh, uh, I believe he was a, a Democratic politician who actually tried to continue blocking segregation in Alabama. So there is a, a steep history of NASCAR not always being the most inclusive sport, or at least presenting itself as such. It is, uh, out of all the sports, major sports in America is probably the least whose fan base and sport in general is representative of America. Uh, you will find, obviously, uh, black or minority uh, fans at NASCAR races but they are heavily outnumbered. And that same case goes for uh, the drivers and and people who are even part of pit crews and mechanics and ownership in NASCAR. Uh, It it is such a, it's a very Southern white sport. And so for them to come out and say, we wanna like shed that and we wanna be more open to people. um, A, it's good because, because it, it, it means that the sport will move out of sort of that imagery that it has struggled with for so long. And B, it seems to be working because I've uh, like, we'll get into some of the stuff that's happened this week with Bubba Wallace uh, later and talk about how we are seeing black people embrace the sport for uh, some of the things they've done. Yeah, I remember growing up, um, I've always been a NASCAR fan. My earliest memory in life is in fact, uh, a NASCAR race uh, when my favorite driver, Bobby Labonte, beat Rusty Wallace at the Brickyard. So NASCAR has been heavily ingrained in my life. I'm named after Dale Jarrett, the 1999 NASCAR <laughs> champion, <laughs> my dad's favorite driver in the late 90s. So as you can tell, it's it was a big part of my life. And growing up, I don't really remember that many minority drivers. The only ones I could think of were uh, like Christian Fittipaldi, who drove a limited schedule in the 43 car. Um, which Bubba Wallace drives currently uh, back in like 2003. 
There was Juan Pablo Montoya who raced a few seasons in the Cup Series. But again, those guys were accomplished international drivers. They weren't like uh, somebody that grew up in the U.S. and rose up through um, all the uh, like the short tracks in the South and stuff like that or in the Midwest. Um, so there were really no American minority drivers at all, um, at, at least in the top series growing up. Um, so seeing what's going on right now, um, it's long overdue. But the problem that NASCAR's face is there was no one there for the last several decades to like create this conversation. Um, and it's, I, like, I applaud Bubba Wallace for stepping up and doing that uh, because he's in like he could have been alone when he took his stance because it's a white predominantly white sport predominantly white fan base um when the nfl began kneeling uh to protest uh uh, the police brutality in like 2016 uh nascar uh seemed to kind of nip that in the bud real quick uh i don't know if you remember james uh richard childress uh came out and said anybody i don't care who you are in my organization that kneels during the anthem like you're fired like on the spot i Um, don't i i do remember and this will be important to bring up later because we mentioned the confederate flag they did at one point uh come out a few years ago and say it wasn't basically i guess a a outright policy it was a recommendation more or less to fans that we don't want to associate with the confederate imagery anymore mm-hmm. confederate flags and symbols like that uh and that was until recently when bubba wallace came out and said if we're going to do anything let's start with getting rid of that and nascar hopped on it right away yeah um, to me, like, the fl- I still can't understand for the life of me, and I've been arguing with people about this for a while, why the Confederate flag continues to be a fixture in our country. Um, it's a relic from a time 150 plus years ago where this country uh, or a group of states seceded from the United States to fight a war against United States, against soldiers, against Americans, to enslave an entire race of people. Um, I forget what state it was, it might be one of the Carolinas. In their secession statement, uh, they mentioned uh, slave-holding states, which essentially kind of stated like, the reason why we're leaving is because we want to continue being a slave-holding state. Um, So yes, technically the Confederate flag that uh, we all know today wasn't like the flag for the confederacy but the symbol of the flag was used in like state flags like the mississippi state flag uh variations of it were used by other states but it's still the fact of the matter is it was a battle flag for the most famous general general e lee uh in the civil war so it's the flag of an enemy army a flag that uh flew against americans uh while American lines were being claimed, a flag of an army that fought to preserve slavery. So I, it's not, I'm tired of the Southern heritage argument. And I think that's kind of why it's being pulled back because in my opinion, Southern heritage, that's the uh, red, white, and blue American flag with 50 stars on it. Because if you grew up in the South, you grew up in the United States. That's your Southern heritage. The Confederate flag is a flag of traitors. It's a flag of racists. It's a flag of slave owners. So I, 
I'm so glad that Bubble Walls stood up. I was like, all right, we need to get rid of this. Because what do you think uh, a minority feels or a, bl- a black person feels every time they go to a race? They see that flag and they're like, I don't feel included here. Yeah, I, I've had, I've really struggled with the, uh, oh, it's my heritage thing for various reasons. One of which uh, is the story I, I told in the column uh, the, my basically my home track is Michigan International Speedway. Uh, I've been going since I was, I want to say nine years old. Uh, my first year I ever went there, the race got rained out two days in a row, and the whole track got flooded. And we showed up Tuesday, and they raced in the fog all afternoon. Uh, and it's a great track. And I believe the most recent time that I went, it was right after Charlottesville. And it was after we saw, it was literally, I was driving up and listening to the news about the marches happening in in Charlottesville, Virginia, seeing people waving the flag and carrying tiki torches. And eventually that led to counter protesters and that led to violence. And that eventually led to someone uh, justifying it with their, their, radical ideology running over a crowd of protesters and killing one of them. Um, and I drove all the way to Michigan and, Mi- and Michigan International Speedway, for those who don't know, it's about an hour and a half uh, outside of Detroit, Michigan, which is right on the border of Canada. So that's the track a lot of Canadian fans also come to uh, to get their sort of yearly racing. Still with everything that was going on and its proximity to not just Canada, but the Southeast. There were still way more Confederate flags up, more of the star and bar, the stars and bars, than there were Canadian flags, more than there were US flags, anything like that. Um, so, like, and I know for a fact that half those people probably didn't come from the South. I knew a lot of them probably were Midwestern racing fans like me who were coming from all over the Midwest like Wisconsin and Illinois and Ohio and Canada so I've always struggled with that and it's part of the reason why I've never been super open to people about oh I I like NASCAR Uh, because they look at it and they look at the fan base and they think oh it's the sport for southern rednecks who are stuck in the you know the past yeah um i just i don't get it to me it's i mean i kind of put the confederate flag uh, along with other flags of like regimes throughout uh world history like the one i always compare to it's the nazi flag nazis killed jews threw them in camps used them as free labor before killing them um the u.s uh well, the Confederacy wanted to preserve slavery, so they had slaves, worked them till they died. So, to me, Nazi flag, Confederate flag, same thing. You look in Germany, they don't have Nazi monuments. They don't have Nazi flags flying around. You don't see Hitler in, uh, like, uh, like the in the front of the government buildings of state ca- or of city capitals or whatever they have in Germany. 
Like you don't see anything from the Nazi regime celebrated. Yet in America, the flag is flown. Uh, you see General E. Lee's statue in state parks and stuff like that, or city parks. It, to me, it makes no sense because I just put them on the same level. So, um, I don't. It just it blows my mind why it's even a discussion nowadays. Uh, and it, I get like NASCAR's fan base is so deeply rooted in the South, but like the fans have to understand, NASCAR wants to move away from its we're all whites, we're rednecks, we're hillbillies, like that image that they're stereotyped by. Um, and they're recognizing like, yes, this is a lot of our fan base. And NASCAR, like as, as I'm sure you well know, it's been struggling financially. It's been struggling to gain interest. Um, a lot of the old fans, myself included, I haven't been watching NASCAR hardly at all within the last five years. Um, I've kind of struggled like the last 10, like having some interest, falling out of it. So NASCAR is risking a lot of its core fan base. And that's what impresses me so much about NASCAR is like they're risking alienating a lot of their fans to appeal to a wider audience. So my, hat, my hat's off to NASCAR. I'm not going to take it off. Well, I got to take this off. The, the, they are alienating that what they would think or a lot of people think is their core base uh, and they're also attracting a lot of new eyes to it a lot of what NASCAR is doing in that sense is uh, I've heard a lot of people calling it oh this is just another business that is trying to cash in on you know what uh, uh, you know the Black Lives Matter movement it's like well if they go through and actually do things like it took one guy Bubba Wallace you know, to come out and say, hey, I don't think that we should have this Confederate flag there anymore. And NASCAR said, okay, it's gone. Like if if NASCAR can do it for one driver, and at least right now they currently have one driver, I think one of the things that has been a glaring issue through all of this is that there is only one black driver. Because mm -hmm. this, this burden, it feels like, I, I don't know if he feels this way about it, but this burden, it seems, on Bubba Wallace, because he's being interviewed on every station. And it's not like they can say, all right, we have a litany of players to go to here, like in the NFL, where you have Malcolm Jenkins speaking out, and you have Eric Reed coming out, and you have uh, even other uh, white players coming out and, and talking to the media. And guys like Martellus Bennett in the past who have, and, and uh, uh, Cameron Jordan, you've got one guy in NASCAR and that's an unbelievable burden for Bubba Wallace I'd imagine a guy who's come out in the past and said he's had issues with depression and anxiety um going back to my original point it took one guy and NASCAR was like okay we're gonna do it because we're gonna try and be more inclusive to everyone that we can be um if it takes one guy in NASCAR for them to be like okay we're gonna make this change because it is going to mean that we're more inclusive what is everyone else's excuse mm -hmm. it, not just in terms of sports leagues but in terms of just whatever you're doing in your life whether it's if you're say a white person that goes around using the n-word and i know some people who go around saying the n-word and it's terrible and if it offends one black person that you meet and trust me it will <laughs> like stop flat out exactly and it's not just 
the use of the n-word and it's it's tons of other things it's referring to things in certain ways if it takes one person saying it to you to get you to stop good if it takes more than that or you have to use the excuse of well other people say this and it's stop it because all of the experiences that black people share in this country are important and they're often or not not isolated unfortunately yeah the problem is is the people that are like so against the change that's coming and like the statements they make like it's clear they're not listening to uh the people that are speaking out about this they're not listening to the black people that have experienced the racism have experienced like everything that it took just to get to where they are like I saw an article where Bubba Wallace's mother said like, oh, Bubba always had like other drivers uh, calling him like the N-word and stuff like that. I mean, he grew up in Alabama. So I imagine he did a lot of his early shorts. That's another thing that makes the whole Talladega thing, and we'll get into it now. Um, Sunday, the race got rained out and it got delayed to Monday. Sunday night, uh, a crew member reports to the crew chief of his team, the 43 car for Richard Petty uh, Motorsports, uh, that they found a noose in his uh, garage stall. And then the crew chief reports it to NASCAR. NASCAR takes an initial look of it. Then NASCAR reports it to Bubba Wallace. Suddenly the FBI is involved. And, and Monday, this is like top news story for all of sports. Uh, NASCAR drivers and all of the crew show solidarity. They come out and uh, thankfully, I think it was Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, they say, uh, we've determined that this was uh, not a targeted hate crime at Bubba Wallace. This was there in October. It's still a news. We're, we're talking about it uh, here Wednesday late afternoon. And it is about actually 5.50-ish right now. Uh, and the last news, big news piece, is they actually released the photo of this noose that was used as a garage pole. And basically, NASCAR investigated every other garage in uh, their circuit. And they only found one noose, <laughs> you know, out of 4,000-some garage poles. Yeah, and I get like, okay, it's a garage full, but why did it have to be tied in that fashion? Like, you see, it it looks like what it is. Like, it's a noose. It looks. It's like, a noose. Like, so with everything going on in the country, all the targeted hate that Bubba Wallace has been getting. Because may I remind you, he's been the only one that is like, he's the only one speaking on this issue from the position of being a black man in NASCAR. So he's getting all the hate. He's getting all the attention. He's getting all the press, whether it's good or bad. So when this shows up in his stall, at the same time when a Confederate flag uh, banner flew behind an airplane Sunday before the race was supposed to happen, saying defund NASCAR with the Confederate flag and a line of protesters outside the racetrack with Confederate flag banners off their trucks and whatever were sitting outside the racetrack. Like, you can understand why it was perceived to be, oh, like, is someone trying to target Bubba Wallace with, like, this noose as a hate crime? Bubba Wallace, I don't know how crazy of a statement this would be. Bubba Wallace is the biggest NASCAR driver they've had 
since Dale Earnhardt Jr. retired just a few years ago. I thought about this earlier today. The big drivers of, say, 2010, there's another sort of history lesson for people who aren't huge into NASCAR. I'd say Jeff Gordon was big. I'd say Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'd say Jimmy Johnson, Tony Stewart. And if you want to throw in Danica Patrick in terms of the most popular drivers in the sport, mm -hmm. uh, you can do that. By the end of this year, they're all going to be gone. Jimmy Johnson is retiring this year. The other four no longer race uh, at least full-time in the Cup Series. Bubba Wallace, by the end of this year, I think has a chance to be its biggest mainstream thing because he's gotten out and he's been in front of all these, you know, national stations. Um, and even before the, what happened this weekend, he probably was because he came out and he said, I'll speak up for Black Lives Matter, even if I'm the only real voice in the room. And a kudos, kudos through all of this needs to go to NASCAR and its drivers for saying, hey, we're going to stand behind, you know, this guy. And we agree that we should let black voices be heard right now. And we should have, uh, you know, more inclusion in not just their sport, but in general across the board. And we should uh, value black lives and, and black dreams and businesses and, and, and basically just valuing black people, even for a sport that for so long seemingly didn't seemingly say, yeah, we we're okay having that image of the, you know, the racist redneck sport. Drivers now are saying, hey, I don't want that image anymore. I want, I value, you know, black people and black fans of racing. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw, uh, it was, I think a week and a half ago, um, the helmet designer for Jimmy Johnson, Joey Logano, and Bubba Wallace, uh, he responded on Twitter to one of uh, NASCAR's statements saying it was a uh, BS. And um, when he tweeted that bubble wallace responded like saying like man like i've known you for a while and like i can't believe like you said something like that uh so the helmet designer designer proceeds to go on to essentially like just discredit anything wallace said so wallace is like all right i'm dropping you and he's like that's fine like i got like jimmy johnson would never do or like jimmy johnson would never do this or never say anything out against this because jimmy johnson knows like I don't remember exactly what he said, but he essentially said Jimmy Johnson wouldn't do this because Jimmy Johnson knows respect to the flag and stuff like that. And then Jimmy Johnson tweeted back at him like, "You're done." I don't agree with anything <laughs> you said. You're like, you're done. And then Joey Logano followed up and's like, "I'm dropping you too." Like I, I there, there's other helmet manufacturers. I I don't need you to represent me. Uh, so then he was like, uh, he the helmet manufacturer uh, tweeted out, he's like, oh, thanks for all the free press, more press than you guys have ever given me. And I, forget, I believe there was another driver that dropped him as well. So like the man lost his entire business overnight because he made the assumption like, okay, Jimmy Johnson, like the greatest, one of the greatest NASCAR drivers of all time, he would never do this. And karma came at him. I think I think that's what has a lot of people upset uh, in general over the past few days, in, in, at least in conservative realms. And I don't want this to be a super political thing, but a lot of conservatives, you know, sort of tied their 
tied their boat to NASCAR in terms of they were going to be the sport that was going to be for them. And the reality, NASCAR is trying to be a sport for everyone. Now, with that being said, NASCAR, like a lot of people are looking at it as like uh, saying, oh, Bubba Wallace is just trying to change NASCAR. NASCAR's need change for a long, long time. It's just finally they have someone who's out there saying it um, and bringing attention to it. And to that matter, I think it's going to be an interesting few weeks and months with this because now you've got people who don't follow NASCAR regularly or even semi-regularly talking about it and coming out and saying things about the sport. I watched uh, Monday night. I saw clips from uh, Don Lemon, uh, his interview with, uh, with Bubba Wallace uh, or actually this was Tuesday night. I think this was actually right after uh, that news broke. Uh, and I got frustrated, not at Bubba Wallace, but at Don Lemon. Because he would say, well, let me tell you from my experience as uh, a person who is who may be the only black voice in the room. And I totally trust that Don Lemon has at one point in his career been maybe the only black person in his uh, in his as part of the staff he's working with or part of the organization he's working with. This is like the one guy in that top division of that sport. Like one of like a hundred guys in that sport who's, you know, a black driver. And so like, it's great to see guys like LeBron James and guys like uh, Alvin Kamara come out and say, you know, I'm, su- I'm supporting him it's great to come out and say hey we've got your back don't let people bother you this is how to deal with kind of whatever's going on i have a really hard time with people either who don't follow nascar or aren't familiar with nascar telling bubba wallace well i understand your situation like they can't they can't possibly understand being that like one in I'm sure there's other there at least speaking about white people white people can't be out here saying well I understand Bubba's point because I'm one of you know this many people uh of my kind to be in this sort of group like they can't get it right now like it's I I really think that people don't understand how incredible it is to have a black driver in NASCAR who is taking a national stage like 30 or 40 years after the last one, 50 years after the last one. Yeah. um, When you look at like what Bubba Wallace has had to go through to get there um, and the platform he's at now, uh, he is you can argue that he might might be nascar's most important driver in the next decade as we start the the 2020s um because nascar it's gonna need uh it's trying to rebuild its image clearly uh it's moving away from like its racist history it's moving away from uh its perception that it is a racist sport um and it's going to alienate some of the fans because they'll be stuck in their ways about how they think NASCAR should be. Um, but at the same time, NASCAR is an opportunity to rebuild its image and bring a more diverse 
group of fans in and that can be done through bubble walls uh i follow nascar pages on my social media mainly on facebook so like i always see nascar news um and especially all the nascar news is going to be talking about bubba wallace but what i've noticed and this doesn't happen very often especially with like espn ending its relationship with nascar a few years back like i'm seeing half espn's articles related to some topic in nascar uh most of them primarily dealing with uh bubba wallace and the situation within nascar but like this whole time combined with covid combined with nascar being the only sport going on uh the uh fight for equality and and to police brutality um and just everything going on with bubba wallace internally within the sport like nascar is it's coming back to like <laughs> it's like the same stage as the mlb nfl and nba with coverage which uh, probably hasn't happened since the very early 2000s because you see like cbs talking about it you see espn talking about it you, you'll go as far to see Barstool, which uh, Barstool has talked about NASCAR in the past, but like even Barstool... They had, I mean, they had in the race uh, at Talladega, they sponsored a, a car. They yeah, sponsored, I think it was Clint Boyer. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing is, I saw more people on my timeline tweeting about the race at Talladega this past weekend than I had ever seen anyone tweet about any other race in NASCAR. Like people that I know don't know much about the sport or don't follow the sport or, or some who even don't like the sport but nascar's coming out and saying we're going to be more inclusive to fans in the future uh the thing that happened uh monday before the race with all the drivers and the crews coming out and uh pushing bubba wallace's car to the front of the the pit grid uh in sort of a unifying moment uh, them allowing fans back into uh, the the tracks and the stadiums, and actually, honest to God, with even just five thousand people there, it was it had to have been the most black fans I had seen at a NASCAR yeah. race in a long time. I was gonna, and bring that was up. really that was really incredible to me. And so I think what a lot of people are seeing is like this was a really weird time for for uh, this sort of uprisal of approval of change has been because there's really there's nowhere to turn from it nascar is really like none of the big four out there right now the nhl mlb nba or nfl at least not yet uh the ufc is doing events but sparsely wrestling is doing events but sparsely uh pga was doing events and now i don't know if they are because apparently they've had a lot of uh, people who have tested positive for COVID, but they are really now the rallying point for people. And a lot of people don't like their sports to have politics in it. And I get part of that, but to say that they shouldn't have them at all means they're not paying attention. And so I think for people to see uh, in NASCAR, in any sport really right now, if, if, if the only sport that was going on right now was PBA bowling and they came out and they said, you know, that we are going to value black lives. I mean, it would be something that people can rally around. I, I pulled up on my phone and this, I think will be my final point. One of my friends yesterday sent me an article 
uh, from the New York Times uh, that went out this weekend. And I'll read it verbatim here. Uh, Quote, this month, the Monmouth University poll showed 76% of Americans and 71% of white Americans believe that racial and ethnic discrimination is, quote, a big problem in the U.S. Just a few years ago, only a little more than half of white Americans believe that. Um, And basically, the response from that was that it was a crazy high number because right now, um, it's a crazy amount of people who are seeing it and hearing it for the first time. And so I think that's sort of where NASCAR is at, where they're seeing and hearing it and really like digesting it for the first time. And they're saying, well, we are not going to be left behind anymore. You know, maybe NASCAR of five years ago even might have been okay with saying, yeah, we're, we're still the racist redneck sport and we're just going to have to deal with that. But they've reached that point where they've said, that's enough. Uh, if NASCAR can do that with currently as limited of a black fan base as you can get in the sport, uh, I think I saw a number only 20, like one in five fans are of uh, non-white descent of some sort. If it takes, if NASCAR can look at their sport and the demographics of their sport and say, we need to be better. I don't know what the hell should be stopping anyone else. Yeah. Uh, my, for my last point, I was going to bring up a story. Um, I read this in an article. I think uh, NASCAR and NBC posted it. Uh, Kelly Earnhardt Miller, who is uh, one of the daughters of uh, the late, great Dale Earnhardt, uh, she told a story about how back, I think sometime in the 80s, they had a black woman who was a housekeeper who worked at their house. And uh, the woman went up to Teresa Earnhardt because uh, Dale Earnhardt had this sticker on his Chevy Silverado. It was a sticker of an American flag and a Confederate flag side by side. And she's like, "Like, why does Dale have that? Dale heard about uh, her comments about what she had to say went out there with uh, one of those like paint scrapers that you would scrape off windows like a widget and he scraped off the confederate flag sticker decal off his truck immediately and I think the reason for this story is because a lot of fans have been saying that um, oh like Dale wouldn't have stood for like uh, like losing us us losing our rights losing the right to bear the confederate flag and stuff like that like no, don't speak. And this gets back to the helmet designer. Like people have to stop speaking for other people and speaking. stop speaking for yeah other people. Because now we're like I mentioned with that poll, and the big thing that stood out to me is a lot of people are waking up to it, and it's really hard to just say, "Well, I'm speaking on behalf of everyone" when I say this. Yeah, because okay, yeah, sure. Dale Earnhardt may be your southern good old boy, like figurehead and hero. But if he were alive today, he'd probably be on the side saying like, okay, if it's offending somebody, like it's time to change something because clearly he made that change when one woman brought that up and he removed a Confederate flag on his own vehicle just because he wanted to make her feel more welcome. Dale Earnhardt uh, Jr. responded to that story and backed what his sister said. (laughs) 
Dale Earnhardt Jr., who I may remind you is the most popular driver probably in NASCAR's history, unless you want to say Bill Elliott. Um, so if someone like Dale Jr. is coming out and saying that um, and supporting the change, uh, supporting getting rid of the flag, when he's so clear, like above and beyond, like probably majority of NASCAR's fan base is at least a fan of him, a fan of his, if not like their number one driver um you have to people have to start recognizing like okay if our like the figureheads of the sport are saying this the people that would be on mount rushmore if there was a mount rushmore for nascar um at least in terms of popularity uh change is needed um and what what's nice i saw today sorry my uh, i guess second point 1.5 uh or final point 1.5 go ahead uh, I did see Brad Doherty, the former Cleveland Cavaliers center who owns GTG Doherty Racing. Uh, it's the number 47 car that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. currently races. Um, he came out and said something, and I, I may I remind uh, the audience, he is an African-American man. Um, so he's I think he's probably the only black owner in the sport, if I'm not mistaken. He's probably one of the few, now thinking about it, he's probably one of the few black owners in all of sports. That... Which is also very true, yeah. Which is something I didn't really consider until you just said that. Because I had thought about it, too. It's like, well, NASCAR only has one black driver, but they do have a black owner. Yeah, um, and he's finally speaking up, which is nice. Uh, yeah. I think he should also become more of a figurehead. Uh, so it's not just Bubba Wallace taking everything. In general, and this will be last point that we can close this off with, NASCAR is able to move forward. They still have a long way to go. They still need more black voices clearly in their sport uh and the same goes for everyone uh every sport league and every person and every organization in this country has is hopefully doing better but it needs to understand they got a long way to go thanks for listening to the headliners podcast make sure to subscribe to us on anchor Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to check us out at the Northern Stars website, northernstar.info, under the multimedia section for all our podcasts and the sports section for all our articles and columns. Follow James on Twitter at jkrauspro, Quentin at freelyasq, and myself at jaredhuffns.